Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Let me read Psalm 32, what David wrote. It says here, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. <laughs> no kidding. How blessed is that person that the Lord has forgiven their transgressions, has covered their sins. Now, the Lord is really good at forgiving. Men, not so good, but the Lord, very good. So David is trying to tell us, I confessed my sin. I acknowledged it to the Lord. My iniquity, he says, I did not hide my iniquity from the Lord. I told him. And he forgave the guilt of my sin. He felt that guilt of his sin because he was guilty. David was guilty. Dead to rights. He was busted. But this is what made him great. He confessed to the Lord. We have a great God. Sometimes we need to tell people, you got to understand how great a God we have. He can forgive a guy who lusted after another man's wife, but didn't just think about it. He actually went into her, got her pregnant, tried to cover it up by bringing her husband back. Twice, two nights in a row, that scheme went on. That didn't work. Then he had her killed. All this because this is the minds. Guys, if you can't learn from this, this is a real life story in the Bible. This really happened to a man who God said was after his own heart. But he did falter and he got stupid and then stupider and stupidest. That's why, how else can I break it down? When you, when, you know, this is what sin does to some people. They get into sin and they think nobody knows. And then you talk to them and they, they're like, oh, I didn't think anybody knew. I'm like, what do you think? We don't have a God who can see. He sees everything. And he's, he's good at his job. But he doesn't want you to hide your sin, conceal it. Like, I'm not going to confess to him. I'm not going to acknowledge my iniquity. David said, I didn't hide my iniquity from the Lord. You know why? Because when we confess our sin to him, he's the one who can forgive. And he's the one that can forgive all the guilt of our sin. Then he says, therefore, now verse six is beautiful. If you understand we have a God that can forgive all your sin, all you gotta do is confess your sin and be clean. He says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in the time when you may be found. This is the time we should pray while the Lord might still be found. He says, surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach unto him. The person who will cry out to the Lord, the Lord is going to, the Lord's going to hear him. And even if there's a flood coming, he says, they're not going, the waters won't reach them. You can call on the Lord. doesn't matter. Everyone who's godly, he says, can call on the Lord. The next verse is one of my favorite psalms, what we sing, you are my hiding place. Right? I can't actually read it to you because every time I hit this verse, I start saying, you always fill my heart with songs of, of deliverance whenever I am afraid. Whenever there are things that surround us are bad, the Lord surrounds us with his song of deliverance. Now, who's writing this? David. Lord, you are my hiding place to preserve me. Had the Lord ever been pre preserved David in his days when he was being chased by Saul and all his men? Remember when he's hiding in the back of the cave and David, his men were like, hey, 
here comes the king, Saul. And he comes in. The king went into the cave, it said, to relieve himself, to go to the bathroom. And David's men said, you got him, man. He's right there. Kill him. And David said, I won't raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. But he went and he took a little, took his knife and he cut a little swatch from his robe while he's there relieving himself. This is how close he was. This is to show after the king gets the robe on and goes out, David follows him out and says, oh, king, know that if I had any guile in me to kill you, I could have had, your life was in my hands. My men said to kill you. But send someone over here, see if this isn't yours. And he has him send over a guy and gives him the piece of robe and say, now can you imagine what the king's like? What's he sending over? And then he gets the little piece of cloth and he's like, can you imagine what it would feel like when you look back and your back of your robe's got a little piece cut out? And David has just sent it over and said, if I wanted to kill you, just so you know how close I was to you, just be able to cut his robe without the king perceiving it in the back of that cave. Just tells me, man, David was going, look, I, I had you, but I didn't kill you. And David went, so you judge, O king. And the king said, well, I, I haven't been upright in this. And it says he left. He left David alone that day. But did David know what it was like to have God have to be his hiding place? Sure. In verse 8 of Psalm 32, he says, I will instruct you and teach you the ways, he says, in which you should go. I will counsel you. This is the Lord speaking to David. I will guide you, the King James says, with my eye upon you. Just with my eye. Now, don't be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include a bit and a bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not hear. They will not come near to you. He says, this is the Lord saying, I want to direct you. But how does God want to direct us? He says, I want to guide you with, with my eye upon you. Just with my eye. Would you rather be guided by the eye of the Lord? You know how parents do this to their kids. They guide them with their eye. If you don't not familiar with this terminology, just think of a mom or dad that sees their kid doing something wrong. They're climbing up on the table and about to do something bad. And the mom looks at him and gives him the, we call it stink eye. You know, like, and they just look at him and look down like, you better get down off of there. And they don't have to say anything. You ever been told what to do by someone just giving you a look? And you know, I mean, the look did it all. They didn't need words. They just looked at you. You're like, get down. But David says, we can be guided by the Lord, by just by, by his eye directing us. Now, I don't know about you, but would you rather be guided like David's describing with just the Lord directing you with his eye? Or would you rather be guided like the horse and the mule? Because has God ever dealt with men like horses and mules in directing them sometimes in the ways that they go? Sure. He, he has ways, but I, I don't need a, I don't want a bit. You know what a bit is, the piece of metal they stick up between them, the horse's teeth right here and clamp it around and pull the one way or the other and it just tugs their mouth and makes them turn to the right or left. I don't need, I, I don't want to be the stubborn mule. He will direct you that way, but I'd rather be directed. I'd rather be the kid that just is always looking at his eye and saying, Lord, just like, like in um, Psalm 17 says, keep me as the apple of your eye. You guys know that saying to be the apple of the eye means like that you're right in the center of the pupil, you know, right in the center of the gaze or like the favorite. David said that in the Psalms. Psalm 17, keep me as the apple of your eye, Lord. 
Let, let me be the one you're always looking at. And, but David is pointing out something that's very subtle, but we have to be looking back at him. He may be looking after us, but we need to be the ones looking to the Lord. Some of you are like, why do you always want to seek the Lord? Because I want to see where he's looking. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. And how many things get added to you? Everything, all things. When you seek the Lord, the Lord will add whatever you need. And sometimes what you need, he knows right where it is. You don't, but he does. And all you have to do is check in. Hey, Lord, I'm here today. Uh, what, what do you want me to do? Which, which way should I go? And you think, I got this urging that I'm supposed to turn left here. I don't usually take this route home. But, but that day, you listen. And you take the left, and there on the side of the road is the thing you were just pleading to God. God, I, I need this thing, and I don't know where to find it. And the Lord goes, there it is. You're like, what? Let me pull over. I can't believe that. How did that get here? The lid to a trash can that just the, this size, it would fit on my can. If, there it is, right there on the side of the road. Or The Lord can wink at us in so many ways. I remember I was asking him, I need some keave wood, the, the hardwood for my Kamado to smoke the meat. And I'm like, Lord, I don't have time to go find a keave tree. So when we get to church and Andres comes running over, he goes, hey, he is. I got you two pieces of keave wood. They were over there, but someone left them behind. And they're like cut to this length. Perfect. Lord, you just, while we're getting ready for church, he's like, here you go, delivery. You know, and the Lord, to me, that's, you think that's no big deal. But those little things, when we keep our eyes on the Lord, he knows how to deliver all. Seek ye first his kingdom and all these things. Whatever you need will be added to you. Now, David knew this too. And he's telling us this. The Lord could instruct you by, with just his eye, he can guide you, or he can guide you like a horse or a mule with a bit in your mouth. Now, how would he know God can guide you with both of those things? How do you think he knew? I had been there. This is one thing about David is he always writes about stuff he's done. He has more poetic way of saying things than I would, but like I might say, you can go the easy way or you can go... The hard way. But David, he puts it more poetically. You can go like with his eye guiding you. You can keep me as the apple of your eye, O Lord. I, I want to be the child you just look at and, and you look over, you look at me and you look over there and, and I know that means me go over there. Or I can be like the mule, the horse with a bit in its mouth and you can steer me, but that's not so good. I would rather go with, guide me with your, now what would you prefer? Guided by that, just that look of the Lord, go that way? Yeah. And you're, you're not sure, should I go farther? And he looks at you and gives you the little look, that, that approval look, or nope, stop right there. You know, there's the, there's the stop right there look. You, you parents have it down because your kids start to get out of line. Just, just like that, one of those, and, and they just stop. Okay? At least hopefully they stop. This is what David's describing. Now, this is how close David felt toward God. God as he looked as God is my father who's looking after me. And I can be the stubborn son that needs a bit or I can be the one that just, he says it, verse eight, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go, says the Lord. I will, I will guide you. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I'll just give you the look to show you which way to go. Now, don't be like this horse or the mule, he said, would have no understanding. 
whose trappings include the bit, the bridle, to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, well, mercy or loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord. This is something Another gal on my Facebook, she just wrote, she's trying to be more glad, more thankful, more positive about life. The, it says the Proverbs 31 woman looks at the future and she smiles. She's taking care of her household and they all have their, their needs taken care of. So she's not afraid for the future. So she's got this positive outlook. And th this lady who is my age is writing, you know, from my high school, you know, from high school days saying, I've just recently um, realized I've wasted a lot of time being negative and afraid of what might happen. So she said, this year I repented and asked God to help me that I could, and she was asking for prayer, that, but she's been for, for, I guess, four or five months now trying to make a conscious effort every day to be glad in the Lord, not you can't always rejoice in your circumstances, right? Does it say rejoice in your circumstances always? Again, I say rejoice, right? No, no, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord. And we can be glad in the Lord because he's always constant. He's always there. He's, he's our rock. He's our place. David said he is my hiding place, my place of refuge. <coughs> that psalm where he says the apple of my eye one. Let me show you that one real quick. I'll just back up just a few pages here. It's in Psalm 17, verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. That's all one verse, verse 8. David says, Lord, just keep me in the apple of your Keep me. I want to be right where you're looking. Every time you look, I'm the one you're, you got your, your, your gaze on. I want you to have your eye right on me. Now, that's a safe place. But look at the next part of the verse. Keep me under the shadow, right, of whose wing? Of your wing. Remember when Jesus came to Jerusalem and he looked out over the city, he wept, and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how, how I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers its chick under, you know, under its wing. The hen protects the baby chicks. They always say, don't mess with the mama hen. If you've been on a farm and you try to mess with the chick when the, when the mama hen just, especially when they're just newborns, They'll attack you. They're vicious, those little hens, man. You think they don't? They can't do nothing? That's a lie. They'll scratch you. They'll bite you. They'll peck you. They'll, and they go for the eyes. If you bend down, they'll come right at your face. They're aggressive little ones. But why? What are they protecting? They're babies. And David says, Lord, keep me under the shadow of your wing. Keep me where I'm shaded under you. I'm protected by you, Lord. Now, David, he would have been great on the day when Jesus came because Jesus was crying over the sea, saying, I want old Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that I would gather you like a hen gathers its chicks under its wing. I would wanted to gather you, but you have no... Jesus said they didn't want any part of him. David would have liked to have a part with the Lord. David would have been alive in the day when Jesus came. He would have been one of the ones marching out of the city going, let me go hang out with you, Lord. I'm just going to sit next to you under your shadow of your wing you know i want to be where that's a safe place david said you are my hiding place Lord. Now, if you ever feel afraid it says whenever i am afraid 
whenever I'm afraid, I can go to the Lord and he's my safe haven. He's, he's that rock. He's that place, right? He's our place of safety. No matter what's going on, if you're in trouble, I want you to remember this because this is, this is what led the man to the Lord who taught me my first things I ever learned about Jesus. He said that this young Christian who was following him around his band, his name was Bill Elander, still is. He's the East Coast Regional Director of the Vineyards back east, uh, the Vineyard Church. And Bill says that he was in this band in the 60s. They were, he was the drummer, rock and roll band, and they were getting kind of popular. It's called the Crans. And so he was the drummer, and he was doing drugs like crazy. And this one skinny little guy who had a station wagon came around and said, I could help you guys set up your equipment and help you get to gigs and stuff. And the only reason they consented was because they didn't have a way to fit all of the equipment. And he had this big station wagon with the old style with the back end that you turn the key and bang, and open the stuff and get, you shove all the stuff in there. And they're like, well, okay. And, and basically once they loaded up all the gear in this guy's station wagon, there was only the room in the front seat. So it would be the skinny Christian guy and Bill, the drummer riding together to the next gig and the other guys in another vehicle, the rest of the band. And the skinny guy used to tell Bill, Bill, just remember, Bill would always mock this young man's faith. He said, I was brutal to him. I, you stupid Christians, you, you believe you're talking to the invisible air. And if God is really there, why doesn't he show himself? You know, all these things. And the Christian, he said, would just always just say lovingly back, Bill, uh, if you don't understand, listen, doesn't matter. Just if you ever get in trouble, remember this. The Bible says, if you're ever in trouble, always remember to call on the name of Jesus. No matter what your trouble is, you call on the Lord. And the Lord, well, what, what do we see here? What the Psalms David wrote that, that even if the floodwaters are coming to get you and you call out to the Lord, well, it says you are godly, pray. Pray, it says, in that time while, you, while he still may be found. Call to the Lord. This is a good day to call to him. Some people say, I'm going to call later. Don't. Call now. The Bible says today is the right day to make the call. Call to the Lord. So he told him, listen, you ever in trouble, just call in the name of the Lord. Bill said he mocked this Christian. Over and over years, this man drove them back and forth to all these gigs. They became more and more famous, and he became their roadie, which meant basically they abused him and made him carry and set up and do all the stuff while they got all the glory of being, you know, the famous band. And this this Christian behind the scenes, someday I hope I get to meet that guy. I'm looking for, well, in heaven I will, but maybe wondering if he's still alive. I'd like to meet him down here on the earth and ask him because he. Bill said that he mocked him and mocked him for years until finally Bill, well, his drug habit had grown and grown and grown to where it was really excessive. And he used so many drugs that he overdosed. And he died. And so they came there. This is back east, Cole, Connecticut. He's in the in the living room. He's dead. And the guys came to, to paramedics. And they put him in one of those bags. And they zipped him up. And they're waiting for something, for transport or something. And they're just sitting around. They got a dead body. There's nothing. Nowhere to go. Snowstorm. They're just sitting there. And so they're waiting. And Bill says that I felt that these dark, too dark, completely creepy feeling figures came from underneath and grabbed him. So and they began to pull me down, down. And they said, we've got him now. And he said, and I felt my spirit 
being pulled out of my body, going down, and and there were ca- just like wicked cackling sound. And he said, "Jesus, if you're there, help!" Like no no time to come up with a fancy prayer, nothing. Just you can feel his spirit being pulled down, and he knows he hasn't followed the Lord. But all he can think of is what that one Christian guy kept telling him: "If you're ever in trouble, whose name do you call him?" Jesus. So he says, I just called out, Jesus, help. And all of a sudden they let go of me and my spirit was put back in my body and I sat up. He's inside a bag though. But he's been in this bag like an hour and 38 minutes. So it's not like he was asleep for a little while. And, you know, He's dead. I mean, they know how to check a pole. He was dead. And he says, and he sat up and the paramedics, those of you that don't know this, sometimes when bodies have been dead, they, they have this, reflex that you know action that happens we learned about this when i studied as an emt sometimes the body will you know our arm will stick up or it, it twitch it's like it's like i don't want to tell you about it but like when you kill a catfish they'll keep wriggling even after you've cut their head off the body well th- your body can do the same thing you'd be like laying there looking all dead and sit up and so that the paramedics here's billy sits up and so they push on the bag thinking it's the dead body has popped up and they're just lay it back down and they pushed him to, to lay him back down. And when they pushed, they hear this voice and say, hey, knock it off. Freak them out. And they unzip because he's now alive. Well, he ha- he was so, he told me he was so high on drugs. He had been doing more and more drugs more each day, increasing the amount because he couldn't get the same high from this a little bit. So each day he increased, increased, increased till he finally overdosed. But when he sat up and he he had he said, I had called out to Jesus, save me. And when he sat up and they pushed him back down, he says, hey, hey, I'm, stop that, I'm here. And, and they opened it up and he said, I was totally sober. No drugs, clean, no, just like God just delivered him right then. Never went back to drugs again. God just healed him completely. And when you tell him, so if you call on the name of the Lord, does it work? This is a guy who was teaching me about Jesus. Very first lesson was, let me tell you who to call on. But how about this psalm? Who's, what's this psalm saying we should call? On the Lord, right? This, this very truth is talking about how blessed is the man, how blessed is that man that God forgives his sins, who doesn't keep silent about his sin and waste away in his sin, but he acknowledges his sin and God forgives him. And God becomes that place where he's his refuge. He's his hiding place in time of trouble. And, and he brings great deliverance. And whenever we're in trouble, we just call on him. Even when a great flood is coming. And he protects us. And he guides us just with, a, with his eye. He just has to look. You over there. And we, we just see his look and we know which way to go. What a be- David is describing a beautiful relationship. What he is explaining between him and God like God is not this mysterious thing that's so hard that we can't you know Bible says if we draw near to God God will draw near to us you don't have to feel like God's far away you just have to draw near to him and you know it helps to be near him because the closer you are the easier it is to to see the eyes you know you're too far away you can't see that you might see the figure way over yonder but but that doesn't really work for the whole Guide me with just your eye, Lord. Just give me your counsel. You just look which way you want. That means you're close. 
That's why when people say, how close do you want to be to the Lord? I say, close enough to see what he's, what his eyes are telling me to do. That's how close I'd like to be. And I, I pray for all of you. That's how close you be to the Lord. Because the closer you are to him, he doesn't have to use the old bit and the bridle to guide you. He just has to look. You, over there. You know how the, you know how the Lord can do that? I mean, have you ever had that little subtle, I call it the little subtle tap or that, that little voice inside says, uh-uh, don't do that. Like, go over there, you know, and you know, there's no one around. Nobody is in, in the room. How could you know these things? But does God, he says, be glad in the Lord, rejoice, you righteous ones. And it says, shout for joy, all of you who are upright in heart, be glad in him. What a great thing. We can be glad that we have a God who knows everything. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.